Hey there, and welcome to What's the Story. We're an inquisitive bunch of hosts from the What's the Story team on a mission to uncover stories about faith and courage from everyday people. In doing that, we get the privilege of chatting with amazing guests and have the opportunity to delve into their faith journey, the hurdles they've overcome, and the life lessons they have learned along the way. If you enjoy our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and sign up for our weekly newsletter at our website, whatsthestorypodcast.com. It's your direct line to the latest episodes and detailed show notes delivered straight into your inbox. And the best part, it's totally free. What's the Story is brought to you by Crowd Church, who fully understand that stepping into a traditional church might not be everyone's cup of joe. Crowd Church provides a digital sanctuary, a safe space to explore the Christian faith where you can engage in meaningful conversations rather than just simply spectating. So whether you're new to the Christian faith or in search of a new church family, visit crowd.church. And if you have any questions at all, just drop them an email, hello at crowd.church. They would love to connect with you. And now let's meet your host and our special guest for today. Well, hello there and welcome to What's the Story? I'm Anna Kettle, I'm your host for today's session and I'm joined in conversation here today with Jenny Calcraft. Now, Jenny is mum to three children, the youngest of whom has complex medical issues. Um, but through this walking through this journey, she's learned that God is good in all circumstances and that he can bring good out of all situations, which is pretty awesome. Now, Jenny is married to Pete and is part of the leadership team at Freedom Church in Liverpool. She also heads up Someone Cares, which is a church-based project supporting chaplaincy services at Old Hay Children's Hospital here in Liverpool. Jenny is also a physiotherapist. She teaches Pilates and she works with women who are postpartum after baby loss through her initiative called the Pabble Project. And I'm sure she'll tell us all about that stuff in a minute. But also one extra thing I should add is that me and Jenny are virtually neighbours. We live around the corner from each other and have done for quite a number of years now. So yeah, yeah. even though we're remote today, we're actually in very qu close quarters to each other, aren't we? Just, yeah, we are. Just like a couple of streets away from each yeah. other. Uh -huh. So nice to see you, Jenny. Welcome to What's the Story. Thank you. Thank you. Great to have you here today. So I suppose we want to dive into your story today, but I suppose we should start at the beginning, shouldn't we, really, in terms of, can you take us right back to the beginning of your first faith journey first and just tell us a little bit about how you became a Christian, kind of, you know, what your journey to faith in, in early life looked like? Yeah, sure. So I consider myself very privileged to have grown up in a Christian household uh, with parents who both had a strong faith. Um, they actually worked with Tear Fund out in Nepal. My dad's a doctor. So that was my kind of formative years were spent out mm -hmm. there. I'd wow. say that I became a Christian for myself as a teenager. Um, but it's probably as we as we come into adulthood, it's it's really the time where our faith really has to solidify, doesn't it? And I think um, we've been through circumstances in adulthood that have kind of really kind of um, led me to a place of understanding my faith fully and have really tested my faith at the same time. So yeah, that's my journey. Yeah, that's that's amazing. There's a lot in there. I, I didn't realise that was your background in terms of, um, you know, your parents yeah. and working with Tiff and stuff like that. So that, yeah. that's really interesting. But yeah, I think you're so... You're so right that um, I think even when you've grown up as Christ Christian your whole life, like I have too, it's 
there are seasons where that really gets tested and mm-hmm. either you grow in your faith or you think this doesn't work for me anymore and so yeah I'm really interested to hear a bit more about your story around that and yeah um it's such an interesting point like could you tell us perhaps a little bit more about one of those challenges and um, that you've faced in life where that's really been the testing and that, that's been the case yeah sure so Probably latterly, um, our journey with our youngest, you mentioned that our youngest has had quite complex health issues. um, And that's been a real time for us as a family um, to have to draw close to God. And we've learned a lot through that. Um, Our son is called Matthew, which means gift from God. And he he and himself is a real gift from God. He's Mm. he's completed our family and he's a real a real character and a real firecracker. So he is a gift from God. But actually what we've learned about God um, through parenting Matthew has been just as much of a gift actually and those things that we've learned have come through real hard and challenging times mm-hmm. um, so Matthew was he's he's got quite a lot going on he's thriving he's doing really well but he was born with um, firstly it's a condition called craniosynostosis which is when the skull fuses prematurely um, he had his first surgery when he was 16 weeks old. He had skull reconstruction at Alder Hay. And for a lot of kids with this condition, that's the end of the story. They monitor them, but no further mm-hmm. issues develop. But that wasn't the case with Matthew. Um, we ended up with all sorts going on. He, um, The most significant of which is that he became um, tube fed at the age of two, having developed an unsafe swallow. Um, so it's been a difficult journey with a lot of challenges. And through that, we really have had to learn how to um, just give the situation to God and trust him continually with what's been going on with him. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think think as a parent, just God with your kids is like one of the most difficult things, right? Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. not something that I think comes easily to many of us mothers. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, tough, tough lesson that. Yep, yeah, it has been. Um, Yeah, it has been hard. And I think... Um, one of the things that's made it extra hard with Matthew is that we don't actually have a diagnosis for any of the things that have been going on with him. So he's had a lot of investigations over the years looking for this, that and the other that we've had to hold very lightly. Um, and also not having a diagnosis just means that we've had to further trust God um, with what's been going on and, and what the future holds as well. So we have really learnt to um, hand things over to him to pray rather than Google um, and but like I said, actually, it's been a really, a really special journey with a lot of lessons learnt and has really solidified our faith. I think it's quite often when you go through difficult times that the truth that's been written on your heart about God actually then ent- enters your heart fully. When your heart's broken by circumstance, it's it's often then at those times in life that those truths actually fall right into your heart, doesn't it? And I think a lot of my head knowledge about God has really become heart knowledge through the the journey that we've had through parenting Matthew, um, which I, I would consider a real positive, actually, of all the things that we've been through as a family. Yeah. That's really good. I, I love that analogy of like actually it's when it's in the breaking almost, mm-hmm. but yeah, that like that allows you to be broken open and like God to enter right inside rather than just be like yeah. on the surface. Yeah, um, uh-huh. yeah, that's I had never thought of that before, and I think that's a really beautiful picture sometimes of what our brokenness does or yeah, what sometimes those cracks of pain do in our lives. So uh-huh. yeah, I love that. That's that's really cool, and I think. um you know it's, it's so relatable because I think whether it's 
you know, serious complex needs or something else with our children. I think all of us as parents can look at times where perhaps, you know, we've had to learn to hold, you know, hold our children lightly before God in different ways and trust trust God with them. And sort of yeah. like, it's that thing of remembering that our children are, are God's ultimately and yeah. that he mm-hmm. has them and that then, yeah. you know, they're given to us, aren't they, to like kind of mm-hmm. steward as it were but yeah but they're not really ours yeah absolutely I think that's a lesson that we learned um mm-hmm. in a really big way when I for me personally it was when Matthew was about two there's there was one particular time where we were going through a lot of investigations which um if he'd been diagnosed with the things they were testing him for then mm-hmm. um things would have gotten quite quite serious they were really kind of life-limiting and degenerative conditions that the hospital was considering at the time so we were carrying all of that, you know, what does the future hold? What's it going to look like? What direction mm-hmm. is this going? And I remember we, I went for coffee with a friend and her six week old baby um, and Matthew was two and he wanted to hold the baby. Um, and so we sat him on the floor and we put the tiny baby in his lap very carefully and it lasted mm-hmm. about 30 seconds. And then the baby started fussing and needed to go back to his mom. And in that moment, my two year old son decided, no, thanks. I don't want to give the baby back. <laughs> And he just hung on really tight and it all got a little bit tense. Um, and we were like prizing this tiny fragile baby out of my cross two-year-old's arms. <clears throat> and I think I just reflected on that afterwards. And it really, really, God really spoke to me through that. Um, and as the adults in that situation, we knew that the baby um, always belonged to the mum, that the mum was the only one who could give the baby what he needed um Matthew couldn't give the baby what he needed and actually giving the baby a a cuddle was a gift and a privilege for Matthew but only for a short period of time there there had never been the expectation that that would last forever the baby would always have to go back to his mum who could provide what he needed and I think actually in that moment I really kind of learned about how we need to parent our children and steward our children and all the other good things that God gives us as well um, and I decided in that moment, reflecting on that, that I wanted to parent my children that way um, and to walk our journey with Matthew in that way, holding on him on an open hand, um, recognizing that he was God's child, that only God could give him what he wanted. And actually, I had the absolute privilege of loving and caring for and stewarding Matthew for a short period of time. Um but he wasn't my child and it wasn't my place to hang on to him um, with a tight fist and claim him as my own um, as a, and as the person who could meet his needs because we're not, we're, our children and all good things in our lives belong to God. Um, and we need to be willing to, part of that is being willing to give them back as well, isn't it? And acknowledge that they are better off with their heavenly father than they are with us. And it's a gift and a privilege for us to get to enjoy them for a short season, but they're not actually ours. Um, and that was a really important lesson to learn at that time and it did come out of really difficult circumstances that we were walking with Matthew and praise God he wasn't diagnosed with any of those horrendous conditions um, that would have taken things down a very different path but because he doesn't have a diagnosis we've walked that journey for quite a few years of not knowing Um, and that was a really helpful and valuable lesson that God taught me in that moment that really kind of helped us through so it's again one of the things that we've really learned about God that I really value and appreciate and that will stick with us um for life really. So yeah. I think so just 
it's so easy to want to try and fix it all isn't it and mm-hmm. just, you know as, as you talked about not yeah. having a diagnosis without a diagnosis there can't be a cure or a fix or mm-hmm. a medical solution can there and yeah. and so it is very much that trusting god with the next step with the next yes. step with the next Absolutely. step and yeah. although that's really a lot harder to deal with as a parent and you know Mm -hmm. obviously love Matthew and you know that's really tough to watch him kind of suffering in an ongoing way but Mm -hmm. I think at the same time you articulate that really well that actually that kind of causes you to um have to keep trusting God yeah because you Mm -hmm. can't just find your own solutions you can't provide everything Matthew needs and you sort of have to say God is your child trust you with his future Mm -hmm. and with his health and with, with all these things and yeah, yeah that, that's just really powerful and you know uh-huh. to learn it in such a difficult circumstances you know yeah. you can really see there's just a, a surety about about you uh-huh. that now and yeah yes yeah, so you can really see that God's done that which is amazing yeah. and it does it it's kind of spills over into other aspects of life doesn't mm. it but I would say that it is an ongoing struggle I do have a tendency to google um <laughs> in a certain yeah but it is so it is like something I have to go back to repeatedly you know I need to mm. pray about this um yeah I need to trust God for the solutions um but because it's been an ongoing journey it's a journey that God's been really faithful in that mm. um he has developed a lot of depth in my relationship with him as a result mm. of those experiences which I do value and I can see the good of that now I think one thing we really learned through parenting Matthew is that good can come out of God brings good out of all situations and can bring good mm. out of all circumstances. Um, and we've had the opportunity to see that in, in reality, yeah. which has yeah, been, I, that, that's, um, kind of brings me on to my next question actually, cause you, you guys, I mean, yeah, you've been through some really hard stuff, but like, I think even in your bio, you mentioned like that this part of your journey is about learning that, God is good and can bring good through all things and yeah that just that there's that real confidence in that in your life and yeah. I know that this whole journey that you've been on with Matthew has been one area that you've you've seen God do some really amazing stuff haven't you and you've mm-hmm. really seen him move through through Matthew's life and um you know and and yeah can you tell us a bit more about that like how how has God brought good out of this situation because a lot of people listening would be like what's good about having a child who's really through a lot of medical problems yeah sure so I think in our personal lives like I said it's really solidified our faith um one of the truths that's been dropped into our hearts is the fact that God is good um Mm. I think quite early on in our journey we realized that we were praising God because he's God but we'd lost sight of his goodness um and actually being in that position really made me learn that in my heart as well as my head I'd known it in my head I was quite cross at myself for not realizing not knowing it in my heart when I actually came down to it Mm. um but now having walked that I can and worked through that I can hand on heart 100% say that God is good regardless of the circumstances I've experienced Mm. that personally and that truth is really really strongly solidified in my heart so that's Mm. one good that's come out of it on a personal level Mm. but then the other thing that happened Um, which has just been incredible and a real privilege to be part of, is that during one one admission about seven years ago, um, we were in a bay with a few other families. And one of the mums in the bay, um, at one point, she she had a phone out and she asked the room. She said, does anyone have the details for a fortune teller? Um, And as we know, in Liverpool, that's quite common, isn't it? To turn to fortune tellers and spiritualists and mediums and things. 
And so the other mums got their phones out as well. And they were all swapping numbers and looking for availability and trying to book appointments. And essentially what they were doing was looking for answers in really difficult situations. You know, they had sick kids in hospital, a lot of uncertainty, and they were reaching out to the spiritual for those answers about the future and what was coming next. Um, And in that moment, it just hit me really hard that actually what's needed in those situations isn't the fortune teller, is it? It's, It's God and his presence and his love. Mm. Um, and I remember praying in the bay that day in hospital with little Matthew on my lap. I remember, you know, praying to God, God, wouldn't it be amazing if we could bring you and your presence um, and your answers to these situations into Alder Hay? But I'm a mm. physio as well, and I've worked in clinical settings. And some people who I know are really good at sharing their faith very naturally mm. within their work environments and within clinical settings, but it's not easy, is it? Like, you know, having been a physio in the past, um, there were situations where I would have loved to talk to patients about about mm. God. But actually, it's when you're there as a physio in a secular clinical setting, it's not considered your place to do that, is it? And there's actually big repercussions for that if you cross that line in some circumstances. The two that don't really mix, like it almost feels like oil and water mixing faith and clinical, or it's, mm. it certainly did when I was working on the wards. And so I dismissed it fairly quickly. Um, And yeah, after the admission, I went and spoke to the chaplains, got to know them and just kind of said, you know, is there any scope for um, maybe supporting the work you do and things? And um, what basically came from those conversations was our church, Freedom Church, now runs um, a social action project called Someone Cares into Alderhay. And we support the work of the chaplains there, um, who are a couple of great guys in the work that they do and we we started with providing practical support in the care of form of like toiletry care packs and pjs which were handed out in a and e with mm-hmm. kind of um contact cards in them for the spiritual care team so that people could be referred on to the support available at the point of admission um yeah. but what came quite soon after that was a request for volunteers so we now have a team of volunteers from the church who go in and volunteer at Alderhay, all fully fledged registered Alderhay volunteers, mm-hmm. but placed with the spiritual care team. And we go on to the wards and we just offer family support, a listening ear, um, someone to talk to, but also have the opportunity to say, Would you like us to pray for your situation? And what's incredible is that nine out of time, nine t- out of ten times, I would say that families say yes. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's not something that everybody wants, but as those mums showed in the bay, when I was there with Matthew I think actually when you're in that situation even if you don't have a faith it's when the big that's when the big questions come to mind isn't it um, mm. that's when you kind of stopped in your tracks and faced with well you know what what else is there what mm-hmm. you know what is going on um, and people do turn to the spiritual in those situations and are actually very open and very keen yeah. to have prayer and to bring God into those um, hospital rooms and into those situations and so it's been an incredible journey and an Mm. absolute privilege and I still feel mind blown like my mind is blown by the fact that we have swipe access we have cards that swipe us into all the different areas of Alder Hay um, and we've had the opportunity to support and build relationships with families and not all of those turn into faith conversations and that's absolutely okay Um, we're just showing God's love um to to families and and to individuals um and also to staff as well and yeah yeah, it has it's been a really amazing example of how god can turn all circumstances to good and also how he uses our own experiences doesn't he yeah Uh, that's right 
because that's part of the reason that gives you access you know and that presume people want to open up to you is because you know you've been in those shoes too you've walked in those shoes haven't you and yeah, you know what it's like to have a a, yeah. a kid in older hay that you're really yep. worried about he's going yeah. through various procedures and, mm-hmm. and diff- difficult things so yeah, I guess that kind of there's a there's a like kind of understanding there as well isn't there that, mm-hmm. that you know how that feels but, yeah but I also just think it, it's amazing isn't it that those doors have opened and mm-hmm. it's it's not it strikes me that it's not that you know it's not that God you know has intended that thing Matthew in order to bring this about but it's mm-hmm. it's that God has used and redeemed that situation in some Absolutely. way to bring good even out of something that's yeah. really tough for your family and yeah. for Matthew mm-hmm. um you know it, it kind of reminds me of that verse from Romans eight twenty eight, is it where it talks about how God will work all things for the good of those who love him yes absolutely. And it's not that like life will always go well or the way you want it to that that's not what it means but it is yeah. that God is able to use even the difficult things in our lives to mm-hmm. bring good and glory even out of those things and yeah just I love that because you know what you're doing with the small cares project is just such a great example of that in yeah. like you know in your own life and in your family and your church and mm-hmm. I mean how long have you guys been doing this now I think it started in about 2018 mm-hmm. um but we had a really big, big break over COVID obviously yeah, because we weren't allowed into the hospitals or even to provide anything into the hospitals mm-hmm. for quite a long time um but in that time we've had we've had contact with so many families and yeah. have so many stories of walking alongside them and also seeing God answer prayer as well yeah. um it's not um it's not a healing ministry it's not an evangelism ministry it is purely a showing God's love ministry Mm. um but we ask you know we ask people is there anything you want prayer for and people offer things usually very specific things that they want prayer for and then we have the opportunity to pray for those and then to see um answers to prayer and to see them experience god as a real loving god he cares about their situation and wants to go alongside him and it's just really it's been really amazing and Mm. precious to see families experience god for the first time during what is also um, probably the worst time of their lives yeah and that's to be incre- able to bring incredible. that yeah uh-huh. it's, it's incredible that you're that you're you know you're actually seeing because you've seen quite a number of answers to prayer haven't you quite specific yeah. stuff mm-hmm. like through that ministry and I, I just think that's you know it's kind of mind-blowing and I mean to be honest it, it's an area that I'm interested in learning a little bit more about so you know because you've also as a family you've seen some healings along mm-hmm. the way with Matthew as well haven't you as well yeah. as other families yeah. that you're working with at all day mm-hmm. through the project yeah. um could I mean have you got any examples that you could sort of share with us of yeah. where God has mm-hmm. intervened and you have yeah. seen answers to prayer yeah sure so um for us with Matthew I mean there's really small specific things that we've prayed for and seen answers to such as um normalized blood test results or mm-hmm prayed for a normal chest x-ray and have then seen a normal chest x-ray um so we find that god's really faithful with those specifics when we pray um probably a, a bigger a bigger story of healing for us is um one thing that matthew developed after his first surgery was something called a chiari malformation um mm-hmm. and it's when the back part of the brain is pushed down into the spinal column so out the hole at the base of the skull and into the spinal column usually by pressure below um, within the skull and it's associated with all sorts of nasty symptoms and the surgery for it is quite complicated because it can cause a lot of 
issues the surgery itself can cause a lot of long-term issues um and there was so we knew that he had this diagnosis and we were he'd had an MRI and we were waiting for an appointment to see a neurosurgeon again another review appointment um and one evening we started getting messages from random people not random people people we knew but who weren't linked there was no link between them quite a few messages saying I just want to let you know I felt really prompted to pray for Matthew that God would heal him of his Chiari malformation um like that's a bit that's wonderful but a bit odd that we've had three different messages from three different people who don't know each other all saying the same thing turns out that they were all at the naturally supernatural conference and there'd been a seminar that evening on healing and the person who was leading the seminar was somebody who had had a child with born with a Chiari malformation um who very sadly had passed away as a result of it and they were doing a seminar about healing and about how God answers prayer but you know Sometimes we don't see healing. Sometimes mm-hmm. he doesn't answer our prayers. And what do we do in those circumstances? Um, and all these people had been prompted to pray for Matthew. So we then went along to our appointment with a neurosurgeon. And um, he got the scans up. And Matthew no longer had a Chiari malformation. It was gone. Wow. Um, and he said, "Ha, huh, this is not the conversation I was expecting to have. He said, I've not really ever seen this happen before. Yeah. This isn't really something that we see. Um, so we went from a situation of being worried about whether it had progressed or what surgery he was going to need or whether it could be surgically corrected or not to leave in the room five minutes later because he no longer had a Chiari malformation and we didn't need to be there. Uh, So that was obviously just, you know, uh, it was just an absolute joy to to see God heal him. It's a real real miracle, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Things like that don't just disappear on their own and, you know, normally it's quite invasive, like... You know, in order to remove uh-huh. it, isn't it? And quite a yeah. lot of risk attached to that as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, just amazing miracle that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And really faith yeah. building. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, you're kind of, so you're holding kind of stories like that, which are just amazing. You've seen mm-hmm. God intervene in such a real way. And he, he spoke yeah. to you beforehand as a family and told you that's what mm-hmm. he wanted to do. And then he did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yet, on the other hand, you're holding, kind of still holding your story in terms of like Matthew hasn't had full healing. He's not, mm-hmm. you know, he's still got health problems. So you've, on the one yeah. hand, you've seen miracles and you know mm-hmm. God is able to heal and he, you've seen yeah. him heal your son. Mm-hmm. And yet you're not living in the fullness of that healing yet either. And yeah. I just wonder how you hold those two things simultaneously in yeah. tension. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that we've really learned over the last few years is to live life from a heavenly perspective. We know mm-hmm. 100% that God will completely heal Matthew, but mm-hmm. it won't necessarily be on this side of eternity. Um, and I think we know that he will be 100% healed when he when he reaches heaven. And we always have that eternal hope, don't we? And that promise of complete healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one thing that it's taught us is to live with a heavenly perspective here on earth Mm. which makes everything a lot less scary to be honest i can't imagine going through this experience from an earthly perspective Mm. um a heavenly perspective is a lot a lot easier and a lot a lot less scary um but i think the other thing is that actually one thing is that we know that god is capable of instant healing um Mm. but i think if he had instantly healed matthew we would have had this amazing moment and this amazing sense of praise afterwards. Mm. But it probably would have then 
um, subsided quite quickly as we got on with life. And I would say that the process that we've had of slow and gradual healing um, and also incomplete healing has actually taught us so much more about God's character and actually deepened our faith to such a greater extent and deepened Matthew's faith as well. It's led to Matthew having a lot of um, like faith, but also character traits as well that I would attribute to that process. Um, and I think actually... I'm really grateful for the journey that we've been on and everything that we've learned about God mm -hmm. um, and the way that it's developed our faith. And I think God's in it in the long game like this, this time on earth, it's, it feels so long to us, but it's only the blink of an eye, isn't it? Or the snap of your yeah. fingers. Um, and then we have eternity, which lasts forever was spent with him. So even though these things feel really hard and really long at the moment and like real trials and hardships, Actually, in God's eyes, they're just the blink of an eye. And I think he's in the long game with us, isn't he? And he has an eternal hope for us. Mm -hmm. um, and it's actually in the incomplete healing that we've learned more about God's character mm -hmm. um, and his love for us, I think. And also more good has come out of. Because, again, if, if Matthew had been healed instantly um, when we first prayed, someone cares would have never happened. Might have happened through somebody else, but it wouldn't have been part of our story. Um, and having that empathy for other families at Older Hay and the opportunity to pray for all those families wouldn't have been part of our story. Mm. So I can see purpose in the incomplete healing as well, even though I know that he's a God who loves to heal and I know that mm. he will heal completely. Um, but I'm quite happy for that to be in his timing, even if it's on the heavenly side of eternity. It's probably the point that we, we've reached. Yeah, that was so helpful, I think so great to hear you talk about that sort of heavenly perspective and how incomplete healing actually has a purpose as well yeah. in the interim um I, I just I love your perspective on that because I think sometimes in faith sort of circles that can be like oh if God doesn't do it the way we think straight away or it's not complete or it's not you know a quick answer to prayer you know we live in a such a fast food culture don't we where we want everything mm -hmm. now 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 and we kind yeah. of pray like that sometimes as well so like and then if it doesn't work we, it's easy mm -hmm. to become very disappointed or very kind of like yeah. oh well maybe I haven't got enough faith or maybe I'm not praying right or I'm doing something mm -hmm. wrong you know but there's all these yeah. kind of things that we can decipher from that but actually what you're saying is I think you know one I know that healing will be complete and so I have a piece yeah. about even being still in the middle of the journey because I've got that heavenly perspective mm -hmm. and then there's also this kind of and in the middle I'm so grateful that God's working and yeah. that we're seeing him do stuff and that yeah. actually it's changing me it's changing my community around me mm -hmm. it's changing my son and yeah. you know so in some ways it's sort of when you describe it like that it's almost like a win-win rather than mm -hmm. a like oh well we've, we've been a bit yeah. you know that feeling of oh I've been a bit shortchanged by God you know yeah. which mm -hmm. is how some people can kind of interpret yeah. that yeah and I, I just love your perspective on it I think that's mm -hmm. really beautiful and, yeah. and I think know, it, it, it's obvious that God you know has has like really given you guys a heart for the families that are broken and hurting you know through yes, what you're absolutely. doing with, with mm -hmm. Someone Cares Project as well so yeah yeah mm -hmm. it's just beautiful Jenny yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing about it is the to recognize that when we're in that place, um, God, he he walks it with us mm -hmm. as well. Um, and he does 
kind of give us what we need. I remember one time we went for a blood test for Matthew and he's absolutely terrified of needles as a result of being in hospital so long. And um, my friend came with us as well. And there was three of us trying to hold him still and one nurse trying to do the blood test. I think it was about four. Um, and he was like lashing out and kicking and shouting and kick, like punching and and everything and then I don't it was frustrating afterwards we were like we should have done that earlier because I, I said to him do you want me to pray and he said yes um and I just prayed holding him I just prayed into his ear I prayed dear God please give Matthew your peace mm. and it was just he instantly went floppy in my arms um lay completely still completely peaceful completely relaxed and they took the blood test and then we left and it was just that kind of, it was kind of like one of those moments of we really should have prayed that 30 minutes ago. Why did we wait so long? Um, but also it was a real confirmation to us and also to Matthew that God is with us in those situations, mm-hmm. in the hard situations, and we can pray um, for him to to be there and to give us what we need and he did he gave Matthew a real supernatural peace we kind of call it like a a cloak of peace or a cape of peace in our house um wrapped him in his cape of peace and um yeah and it's and it's a story that Matthew remembers you know Mm. over time that he's really experienced God um and again something to hang on to so yeah even though incomplete healing can bring positives it's it's hard as well isn't it but I think it's important to also recognize that God walks that with us it's not that he just leaves us incompletely healed until we get to heaven he's in that journey with us every step of the way as well so yeah and I suppose really when you think about it that is the crux of faith isn't it that yeah God's answer to a broken world was to send Jesus who Mm -hmm. would walk with us Mm -hmm. and be one of us and go through what we went through and you know kind of walk in our shoes and you know, and, mm-hmm. and that was that was part of the answer that God gave. So, yeah. mm-hmm. and as you know, in many ways, like you say, is still offering yeah. us today. It's uh-huh. that I, I won't take it all away or fix it all instantly for you, yeah. but mm-hmm. I will be with you through it all and walk yeah. every step yeah. with it exactly. with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And That's he knows so what good. he's he knows what we've been through because he's been through it as well, hasn't he? That's he's it. experienced suffering, so yeah yeah that's it so good mm-hmm. so I wonder because I mean obviously we've we've covered a lot of different ground there but I wonder if you could kind of sum it all up in one thing I mean what's been kind of your one big takeaway lesson about life or faith up to this point I know you know there's still lots of journey ahead but mm-hmm. up to this point you know what's what's that one big takeaway message that you would you feel like God's shown you and you would kind of offer to other people as advice? Mm -hmm, Sure. I think it would be that God is good. Know that God is good in all circumstances Mm -hmm. and that he walks through circumstances with you and live life from a heavenly perspective with the eternal hope that we have um, and that that will make everything else in life a lot less scary. Yeah, Yeah, that's great advice. I think that's, Yeah. yeah there's not much you can add to that is there I think God is good and I think if that underpins your life it changes your perspective on Mm -hmm. everything doesn't it really absolutely yeah yeah and um, then obviously we could talk and talk about this but we're rapidly running out of time and it it would Mm -hmm. would be really good kind of if people are interested in someone cares or Mm -hmm. um, just learning a bit more about your journey or maybe they connect on a personal level yeah you know because they've got health issues in their family too is there mm-hmm. a way that people can connect with you contact you find out more about the project 
Yeah, yeah. tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, sure. You um, you can contact um, Someone Cares through the church website or through the, we've got an Instagram page as well and a Facebook page. So you could maybe add those details, Anna, when yeah, you we'll put those on the show notes. Yeah. The podcast, yeah. yeah. Um, and even if you just put, if it's, if it's a personal connection that you'd like with me, you can just pop on there that that's what it's for and then it can be passed on to me and I'll contact you back. Um, yeah. yeah, but probably through Someone Cares, yeah. And that's, that's freedom. Freedom Church. Freedom Church. Liverpool, Liverpool, yeah. 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 Freedom so, Church. So yeah, we'll put we'll put all those details on the show notes, folks, uh, uh, um, when you're playing it back. But also, it's it's just worth noting as well, isn't it, that the project isn't just unique to Liverpool now, but it's actually starting to be replicated elsewhere in the country. Could you yeah. just quickly tell mm-hmm. us a little bit more about that in case anyone's interested as well? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we've just managed to gain ourselves a place on the incubator program run by the Cinnamon Network. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is an organisation that helps churches to grow and replicate social action projects. Um, So as part of that, really, we would love to see, there's over 1,000 hospitals in the UK, and we've Mm. seen Someone Cares to be so effective at Old Hay that we would just love to see other local churches run Someone Cares projects into their local hospitals. Um, It's really special in that it's not just volunteers. We actually provide the skill set and the resources of the whole congregation to the chaplains at Alder Hay. It's something that the whole church can get behind. Um, So we think it's a really kind of special and effective model that can be easily replicated by other local churches into their local communities um, to love and to serve people who are in hospital. Mm. So, um, yeah, if any if anybody is um, kind of sparked by that and excited by that, um, then do pray about it and do get in touch with us to talk about whether it's something that your local church would like to maybe look at doing in your area. That would be great. Fab. Yeah, I think that's yeah, brilliant. Uh, just yeah. a great opportunity if anyone's interested, anyone listening or yeah. knows anyone who's looking at doing something similar. Great, great way to connect and yeah. just mm-hmm. learn from what you guys have already done. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. yeah, thanks for sharing that, Jenny. It's yeah, just awesome. Cool. I love what you guys are doing, and I, I you know, and yeah, thank what you. you've got to share today. Yeah, thank you. Listen, thank you so much for coming along and uh, sharing a little bit about your own story and about mm-hmm. what you're doing with someone cares um, mm-hmm. with us today. It's just been uh, really special and really good to hear. And really encouraging. Um, yeah. I think it's encouraging for anyone who's perhaps in the middle of not just health issues, but any kind of unanswered prayer or partially Mm -hmm. answered prayer. It's just encouraging to hear your perspective. So thank you for being here today and sharing that. No, my pleasure. It's been great. Thank you. Great. Well, guys, that brings us to the end of another episode of What's the Story? Thanks for being here today and we'll see you again really soon. And just like that, we've reached the end of another fascinating conversation. Remember to check out Crowd Online Church at www.crowd.church. Don't forget to subscribe to What's the Story on your favorite podcast app. We've got a treasure trove of inspiring stories coming your way, and we'd hate for you to miss any of them. What's the Story is a production of Crowd Online Church. Our fantastic team, including Anna Kettle, Matt Edmondson, Tanya Hutzelak, and myself, Southern Fain, and work behind the scenes to bring these stories to life. Our theme song is the creative work of Josh Edmondson. If you're interested in the transcript or show notes, head over to our website, whatsthestorypodcast.com. And while you're there, sign up for our free newsletter to get all the goodness delivered straight to your inbox. That's all from us this week. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye for now.